If you were not already aware, I am making you aware now, we live in clown world. We live in a day and age where not even nine-year-old boys at NFL games are safe from cultural appropriation accusations. Or racism accusations, for that matter. So my question for you today is, when does it go too far? When is it harming the accused more than it is doing anything else? We will talk about all of that and more today on episode three of Just Say No. I am your host, Noelle. Let's get into it. So last Monday, the Kansas City Chiefs played against the Raiders in front of thousands of cheering fans. And among those fans was a nine-year-old little boy who was wearing red and black face paint and a headdress as his favorite team is the Chiefs. Now, any normal society, a society who is not on the brink of complete and utter social collapse would not um, blink twice at this. This would not be a story. I would not be talking about this right now. But because of the fact that our society is terminally ill, this became a huge story. It originated from a sports site called Deadspin with the headline reading, the NFL needs to speak out against Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and headdress. And it was written by a Mr. Karen Phillips. Now, first of all, I think that we need to acknowledge the absolute gall of a grown ass, an adult man to sit down and write an entire article about a nine-year-old boy who attended an NFL game and to call for the NFL to cancel a nine-year-old boy. Sir, you need to be institutionalized. You need help. So since this news broke, the original article has been edited. I'm not sure to what extent, but what I do know is that the subtitle has changed. The original subtitle read, quote, they're doubling up on racism. Are you going to say anything, Roger Goodall? End quote. To now it says, quote, Santa Inez Band of Kamash Indians condemns wearing regala as, as a part of a costume. End quote which Phillips is now using to justify his demented attack on a actual child because he has received tremendous backlash, which tells me that there is some amount of mentally competent and sane people continuing to live in this country that we are able to recognize the fact that attempting to cancel a nine-year-old for racism for wearing face paint to an NFL game is beyond the scope of sanity. But moving on, continuing on. So the Santa Inez Band of Kamash Indians, that's a very specific group. Uh, It is an Indian tribe located in Santa Barbara, California. And according to a statement they released, they said that they do not endorse wearing headdresses as part of any costume. They also stated that this kid and his family are part of their organization. And some are saying that this family is actually part Native American, but I am not able to confirm this. But either way, the fact that this family is part of an Indian tribe shows some level of respect for the culture, don't you think? I believe the father is a chairman on the board, or he holds, he's he's part of the board in some some manner. And I don't think that they would let somebody who hates their people be on a board for their people. But again, who needs logic? All right, so all of this is 
horrible and annoying, but it flies so ironically in the face of what has been going on with the Washington Commanders over the last few months. So back in 2020, the Washington Redskins changed their name to the Washington Commanders due to pressure from activists who claimed that the Redskins was an offensive slur. Now, here we are in 2023, there have been massive petitions for them to change their name back to the Redskins from Native Americans who believe that it was a recognition of their culture, much like the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a very common trend that is seen amongst these cultural appropriation debates. One video in particular comes to mind of a guy who was wearing a sombrero and a mustache, and he was walking around a university campus and asked people what they thought of his costume. And a lot of them told him that it was offensive, that it's not his culture, he can't wear it, so on and so forth. But when he wears the exact same costume to a Hispanic neighborhood and speaks with locals, all of them laugh and all of them tell him they love it and they do not have any issues with it. And this is a very common theme that we see. The people whose culture it actually is rarely have an issue with it. It is always the white liberal, the college-educated white liberal who has an issue with these things. And this typically happens because their mindset is they believe that by virtue signaling their goodness through the condemnation of anyone who thinks differently than they do, they are making up for the inherent sins of their whiteness, which is, again, sick. Our country is sick. The West is sick, more broadly. All right, so let's get back to the article. Phillips goes on to say, quote, It takes a lot to disrespect two groups of people at once. But on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, a Kansas City Chiefs fan found a way to hate black people and the Native Americans at the same time, unquote. And Phillips continues on to blatantly accuse this child of doing blackface. He's sick. Oh, my God. Imagine being a grown adult man and you are bitching online, writing an entire article about a little boy because he hurt your feelings. Get help. Dear Lord, please get help. Um, so this blackface accusation is presumably because of um, the style of face paint the kid was wearing. And this is where it gets kind of funny, right? Because the photo that Phillips chose for this article shows a side profile of this child. And the way that his face was painted was one side was black and one side was red. And Phillips intentionally chose a photo only showing the black side of his face. However, further footage and other pictures show that, like I just said, the other side is red. And this is such a common tactic that mainstream media uses by no means am I saying this website is mainstream media but this is a very common tactic to take stories and to misrepresent them for example you think of the Kyle Rittenhouse story where they said that he crossed state lines with a gun and all of this but what they don't mention is that the crossing state lines was 20 miles So that kind of changes the dynamic of the story, doesn't it? Because it's not as if he drove 200 miles to go be a part of some riot. He drove 25, 30 minutes to the place where he worked. So this misframing and miscategorizing of these stories is incredibly misleading. And you see it here with this one, except it's incredibly, it is far more sick, far more sick. So, um... I do have a question for Mr. Phillips, though. So if half of his face is black 
and that's blackface and that's racist the other side of his face is red so could that be offensive to like norwegian people who might sunburn very easily sunburns can hurt like hell and they, they, they can be a bitch to heal so it's pretty insensitive to paint your face red when you don't actually have a sunburn or is that just insane is that insane to say because that kind of sounded insane as i was saying it and fortunately i have this ability something that mr phillips seems to lack to when i say something and it sounds insane i can recognize that i sound like an absolute lunatic but um unfortunately not everybody has that ability Clearly, Phillips does not. And in a now-deleted tweet, Phillips continued to um, double down on his article and said, quote, For the idiots in my mentions who are treating this as some harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red, I could make the argument that that makes it worse. Y'all are the ones who hate Mexicans but wear sombreros on Cinco, end quote. So first of all, um, the what? I am so not even trying to be funny. If anybody has any idea whatsoever what he was trying to say, let me know because this actually doesn't make any sense and that's probably why it got deleted. Um, but I really, he says I could make the argument that it makes it worse. Um, do it then. Do it. So this whole entire story is insane and what makes it more insane is, if you will recall, a few weeks ago, there was a, a kind of a similar story coming out of a middle school. A middle school-aged kid fell victim to the exact same accusations by the loons on the left for having war paint at a high school football game. If you haven't seen this, it's, it's nuts. He has black paint covering his cheeks and part of his chin. That's it. That's literally, he has black face paint on his cheeks and part of his chin. And people lost their minds. If, if this offends you, you need to seek help. I'm, I, if a nine-year-old with black and red face paint offends you, seek help. If a headdress offends you, seek help. If any piece of culture-specific clothing worn by someone not of that culture offends you, seek help you're unwell. You are unwell. Now, of course, there are there, there can be people who dress up with malintent and want to mock and ridicule and be mean. I'm not saying that this doesn't happen, but these examples are not that. They are not that by a long shot. It could be most certainly argued that the Kansas City boy was showing appreciation for this culture and having fun which I know is something that the culture vultures don't engage in, but fun does exist, and people enjoy fun. And I suggest that they learn how to have some. Lighten up. Phillips goes on in this article to ask a series of questions, one of which being, quote, is this fan a kid slash teenager or a young adult? End quote. And this genuinely proves the point that this guy is being intentionally dense. If you haven't seen this footage or these photos, let me tell you, it is painstakingly obvious that this is a young child. He looks so young that I was actually shocked to find out that he was nine years old. I figured he was six or maybe seven. But this is the game. Be intentionally dense and accuse people of things you know to be false in order to spin the narrative. It's, it's all so intentional. Once Phillips uh, finishes his blatant accusations toward this child of racism, he gets into some really wild thoughts and ideas. He goes on to say, quote, there is no room for a franchise called the Chiefs, end quote. 
And this goes back to the issue now being faced by the commanders. Woke activists get upset and ruin things that the people of the culture actually enjoy. Go figure. It's always this small but unbearably loud minority who does not want anybody else in the entire world to have an ounce of fun or enjoy any goodness. They want us all to just get in line and shut up. It's unbelievable. Uh, Phillips also goes on to say, quote, this is what happens when you ban books, stand up against critical race theory, and try to erase centuries of hate. You give future generations the the ammunition they need to evolve and recreate racism better than before, end quote. Delusional. Sick and delusional. Sick and delusional. I completely disagree, obviously. I think that this is what happens when you stand for critical race theory, which teaches kids that their oppressor-oppressed status is based off of the color of their skin and is cemented into their identity the moment that they come out of the womb. And I just want one example of this erasure of centuries of hate. Just one, please. For him to use this example of a child cheering on his favorite football team wearing something that holds value to him and he obviously enjoys and appreciates is an example of quote generations evolving and recreating racism better than before this is such a damn reach seek help now this is where the ride goes off the rails ladies and gentlemen Phillips, at this point in the article, starts attacking the NFL for doing things such as allowing BLM and End Hate to be on players' helmets under the guise of social justice instead of racial justice, and that the NFL has some pretty big balls to put End Racism and It Takes All of Us in their end zones when they, quote, have a history filled with racism. And further, that it is wrong to assume that everybody should be involved in ending racism instead of those who perpetuated it. This seemingly means white people exclusively should be slain for their sins of their ancestors until, who knows? I mean, we could be five generations from now and people like Phillips would still want them to be paying for the sins of ancestors millennia ago. So to expand on that, he says, quote, it's cruel to expect the oppressed to assist their oppressors in the termination of their own oppression. Take a shot every time you hear the word oppressed. Um, Yeah, well, I think it's cruel for a grown ass man to bully and harass a nine year old. So I'm actually speechless. I don't actually have anything further to say on that. That's you're wild. The cultural appropriation conversation is so tired and so hypocritical. For, I mean, Halloween just passed, and for several years now, there has been this trend of what white people can't wear this year for Halloween. And I saw a video of a black woman who dressed up as Mr. <laughs> as Mr. Clean for Halloween, which personally I thought was hilarious and creative and overall just a really good time. But if a white person wanted to dress up as Frizo from The Incredibles, uh, Carol Phillips is going to write an article about them and their racism and their hatred. All right, so let's move on to another story, which is so wild. You guys, okay. Have you ever heard? I actually cannot believe we're talking about this. This is so outlandish, but we cannot just let this story go without, we we have to talk about it. We absolutely must. Have you ever heard of a Satanist abortion? I certainly had not until I saw this post from Cosmopolitan Magazine on Instagram the other day. 
telling me all about it and I am just absolutely flabbergasted. I am flabbergasted. I am I am shocked that something a satanic abortion ceremony is being promoted by Cosmo. One of the most mainstream magazines in our country. Unbelievable. All right, so before I say anything else, the infographic style that they chose for this post is a is an upside down cross and yes that is suitable for satanic rituals but it just never fails to astound me how okay society is with mocking christianity but no other religion muslims no 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 jews two months ago no but now probably that would be okay but everybody hates Christians and everybody hates white people, so it's perfectly okay. So the first paragraph of this um, of this article about satanic abortions opens up with the story of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito Jr.'s mother, as the telemed company is named Samuel Alito's mom's satanic abortion clinic. Now, I'm not unwilling to grant that that is a little bit funny. But, is, but it is completely trumped by the fact that there is absolutely nothing funny about a satanic abortion ceremony. I think the theme of this episode is that our nation is on its deathbed. This is so sick. This is so twisted. All right. So um, the reason it's called this is because Alito voted to overturn Roe v. Wade last year and the leftists are still losing their minds over this. So the article talks about how she opposed abortion, but they go on to say, quote, but what if her circumstances had been different? What if her life had been endangered by the pregnancy, end quote? Well, uh, the answer to that is very simple. Even the most hardline pro-life activists have a carve out for the life of the mother, which, which makes sense. If the mother is going to die, let's say the pregnancy is ectopic, which isn't the best example because the baby would also die, but... But just for the sake of conversation, if there was some situation where the mother is going to die, you save the mother. This is this doesn't even have to be a moral question. Logically, it is sound. If the mother dies due to the pregnancy, the baby will also die. The baby cannot continue to live without the mother, so her dying would ultimately kill the baby anyways, so we might as well save the mother. They also give this example, quote, what if the fetus has a fatal anomaly, end quote. Again, this is a circumstances where most abortions are accessible. Now, some might say you let nature take its course and you don't intervene, but we're not going to get into the weeds of that because it is at this point that the article written by Ariel Dome gets to the heart of her point and says, quote, what if she just wasn't ready for a child, end quote. And that is the point. It is always about the self. All right, so let's take it back to the beginning. Essentially, the satanic, I can't even believe this is a story. The satanic temple in New Mexico started a telemed company to provide women with abortion pills up to 11 weeks, which one does wonder why this arbitrary restriction. I couldn't find anything about New Mexico abortion restrictions. Maybe it is 11 weeks, but that feels pretty early for such a liberal uh, state. So I'm not entirely sure. Maybe there's some legal reason, but again, that I, I'm not sure about that. So the article talks more about the satanic temple and how Satanists don't actually worship Satan, which is true. They worship the self, which we were talking about just a few moments ago. Everything is about you, 
and your needs and your wants and your desires. And from a religious viewpoint, this makes a lot of sense because it is Satan that tempts you to sin, which is generally those deep selfish desires that we all experience. And Satanism says give in. So you see in the infographics that they posted on Instagram, the first slide talks about what you should do before taking the medication that will kill your child inside of you. And it says, quote, look at your reflection and focus on your personhood. Home in on your intent and your responsibility to you, end quote. And another one says, quote, one's body is subject to one's will alone, end quote. And you complete the ritual of killing your baby by looking in the mirror and saying, quote, by my body, my blood, by my will, it is done, end quote. Uh, sick. So, um, you guys, this is so gross and this is sick. Um, all right, yeah. So, the article continues on to talk about the activism of the Satanic Temple, Every time I say that, I just can, I, I am actually, I've been, I have been doing the politics thing for years at this point. I have covered so many stories at this point. And this one, sincerely, might take the cake for most shocking. So anyways, the Satanic Temple activism, uh, the article says, quote, they led a crusade against so-called crisis pregnancy clinics, which many organizers condemn as fake clinics that exist to deceive and dissuade patients from obtaining real abortion care, end quote. Mm, yeah, so pregnancy centers certainly do exist to dissuade people from killing their babies. They give free ultrasounds so women can understand and feel that they have their child living and growing inside of them, which is contrary to everything that pro-abortionists claim and push for. The part of this where it says that they exist to deceive is incredibly hypo hypocritical, because if you walk into, say, a Planned Parenthood, they don't, it's a, it's a fetus inside of you. It's a, it's a clump of cells. They don't even, they, they won't even use the word baby, which is what it is. So to say that the pregnancy centers are the one being deceitful, go get checked. Uh, you need help. Anyways, so these pregnancy centers, they also do things like providing free checkups, prenatal care, cribs, bottles, classes, even help after the child is born. The goal is to help the mother be successful in raising a child instead of killing it. And we have gotten to a point where, as a nation, there is legitimately a group of people who think that this is bad. That it's better that you just kill your child in the womb. Sick. And they say real abortion care. Once again, saying the quiet part out loud. The only goal is to deceive these women into having an abortion. So one quote from the infographics on Instagram says... One should take care to never distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs, end quote. And they are instructed to say this right after taking the pill. And it's just so ironic that these are the same people who listened when Stacey Abrams said that the six-week heartbeat was fake and manufactured as a way of manipulating women into not having an abortion. The overall goal is that since the Satanic Temple is legally a religion, they are trying to use the religious freedom, they are trying to use religious freedom as a means of providing abortions. 
the same way that religious bakeries can deny making a cake for a gay couple on religious grounds, the temple is hoping that they can kill babies in the womb on religious grounds. Because those are totally comparable. Those are absolutely within the same scope of issue. So if you haven't gathered, um, I find this to be very sick. (laughs) I actually can't put into words how utterly twisted and profoundly evil this is. And I try not to throw the word evil around because it's a very heavy word, but this is evil. This is truly, truly evil. And thankfully, the article reported that the clinic has had an incredibly low turnout rate. So apparently not that many people are interested in having a satanic abortion, which... (sighs) call me an optimist. I guess I'm just looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. Glass half full. So when I tell y'all that the story does in fact get better, the temple has brushed off most of the criticisms, but the article states, quote, some criticism has stung, unquote. In- <laughs> I love this. In regards to indigenous women rising, which is a reproductive rights group in New Mexico, who are upset that the temple came in without asking and claimed that it was a form of colonization and white saviorism. You literally cannot make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. The executive director of the temple put out a statement saying, quote, as a Hispanic woman, how did I not consider that angle? End quote. I mean, you cannot help but laugh. She was too focused on her satanic abortions to consider the racial aspects too, I guess. I mean, holy moly. Y'all, y'all, they always eat their own. This is truly a highlight. Talk about a freaking clown world. This is the problem with identity politics. It can never be about the issue. It is always about who is discussing the issue, which is a problem. It is such a problem. Okay, I've had enough of talking about that because it actually makes my stomach churn. And I do want to get to one more story today before we close out. And that is the fact that New York, unfortunately, cannot seem to find a governor who cares about the elderly. So according to the dailywire.com, dozens of seniors were evicted from their senior center in Staten Island, which was converted into a migrant center. Yay. This story centers around a 94-year-old army vet, Frank Tamaro, who lived in the senior center, Island Shores, for the last five years. Tamaro said in an interview with Fox, quote, I do get upset when I see them handing out all of this money and all of these things while I am paying taxes and getting kicked out, unquote. So Island Shores was owned by a company called Homes for the Homeless. And in a letter put out last September, this organization said it was selling Island Shores to, quote, focus on its core mission of helping homeless families, end quote. And it seems like the sale never happened. And after they closed the doors in March of this year, they started talks with City Hall about turning the building into a migrant center. A few state representatives have said that they reached out to Homes for the Homeless to get information about the sale, but they were met with absolutely nothing. They didn't get any responses. And this actually isn't the first time that Homes for the Homeless have kicked seniors out of a facility. They did the exact same thing in Manhattan in 2019. So that's lovely and wonderful. Many former residents, including Mr. Tamaro, felt that Homes for the Homeless actually never planned on selling and that the plan was actually always to turn the building into a migrant center because New York is facing high immigration because they refused to close the border. Homes for the Homeless did offer its residents help in finding a new living situation and financial aid, but it isn't, but that isn't the point, right? The point is that they got kicked out at all to make room for illegal migrants. People 
people who served this country, who risked their lives for this country, got kicked out for people who don't even have a legal right to be inside of this country. It is a sad state of affairs, folks. All right. Well, that is all for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for listening. If you are interested in following me on any of my other social medias, my Instagram is Noel Pullen. So is my ex. TikTok is Noel Politics. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you guys wouldn't mind, please give this show a rating on your way out. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. And we will chat next Monday. Bye.